Welcome back to the Texas Half Court Trap Podcast, y'all, a Project Spurs production. Uh, this is Jonas Clark, again, your host, a, a staff writer for Project Spurs covering UTSA uh, football and basketball, among a lot of other things. And we don't have Aaron Million today with us. Um, he is out on assignment, but I'm very excited to have with uh, with me today, uh, Damian Bartonek, uh, the Texas State University star. Damian, how's it going? How you doing? How you doing? Thank you for doing having me. All right. Doing all right, man. <laughs> I'm really glad to have you in here. Uh, and, and stepping in, I, I think that you're really that step in for Aaron today uh, because he would normally be giving us our Bobcats updates. And uh, we're really excited to have you on here. Thank you, thank you, thank you. And the big shoes to fill. You know, I'm going to do my best. I'm going to do my best. <laughs> there you go. Uh, joining uh, Damien and I, we have Steven Anderson. We've told you guys for a while he was going to be popping on soon. And uh, the day is here, y'all. Steven covering UIW Cardinals for projects first. Steven, how's it going, man? Hey, Jonas, thanks for having me on, man. It's, it's good. Uh, you know, I, I made my surprise appearance today, so uh, it's good to be on. <laughs> Awesome. Uh, well, guys, I know that football is kind of on everybody's mind right now. You know, we're recording this here on Monday. In just a couple hours, you're going to have the national championship game. The NFL playoffs are going on. And I want to start with you, Stephen, if we can. Let's start with the Cardinals because football is kind of your season two right now. Uh, do you mind going into that a little bit more, please? Yeah, so football, I mean, as you know, Jonas, from our private talks and our public talks, I love football, as you know. Big Cowboys fan, kind of sad how their season went. But, um, mm -hmm. yeah, so uh, football is kind of my season, as well as first basketball right now, because uh, the UIW Cardinals, obviously with COVID, they could not have a regular fall season like every other uh, football team does uh, in college. So they moved into the spring. Pending what's going to happen, who knows, we can talk about that later, but yeah, so they're in the middle of their football season. They've had some uh, changes at their quarterback position recently. Mm -hmm. uh, John Copeland announced he is transferring, which he announced it on Twitter. And he basically wrote a, a, a iPhone note and just explained his decision, announcing he's going to be transferring from the university. So Coach Eric Morris has a very interesting dilemma uh, with a little less than a month uh, to go and to get the guys ready, to get the team focused and see who his starting quarterback is going to be because Copeland came in as a redshirt, a redshirt freshman and no one knew what to expect. And now uh, let's see what Eric Morris has up his sleeve this time. Awesome. I, that, that, that's such a, a point of adversity, I guess, if you will, you know, going into this, you, you think that you're going to have your one quarterback, you know, your starting quarterback for the season. Uh, he has other plans transferring out. And so now their season looks totally different. Uh, the should is the operative word. Um, so uh, just just if we can, can you just kind of hit on what update are we waiting on before we can start looking at some Cardinal game ha games happening? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, obviously with the coronavirus out right now and the, there's a new, uh, for, for, for you guys who don't know, as well as sports in San Antonio, I also cover the political, new, political side of things. I cover news as well. And there's a new coronavirus variant that was started in the UK has now made its way to America, and it is in the mm. state of Texas, in Houston specifically. Um, there are, obviously, when it comes to football, there are players, there are guys in college who come from out of San Antonio, 
So there could be guys in Houston, there could be guys in Dallas, wherever. And with this new coronavirus variant, it is 70% more infectious. So we don't know. That is the main thing that we're waiting on. Is that variant in San Antonio, number one? Hopefully not. Number two is, is UIW infected with, or any of the guys infected with it? And that will cause a lot of cancellations. That could cause guys to quarantine, uh, stay away from their teammates. You can't, obviously you can't practice with your team if you're not with the team. So there's a whole lot of moving parts in this. As of right now on, what is today? The 11th of January, uh, it is a go. The season is a go. Now that may change when I'm on your show a week from now or two weeks from now. Uh, that may change, but as of right now, the season is a go, and it's going to be a shortened season, right? Because it is spring football, it's going to be a shortened spring season, like how we see with Spurs basketball. It's a shortened 72 game season instead of the usual 82, and particularly the All Star game from the Spurs uh, season. So there is a shortened season that way. Uh, kind of same thing with UIW football; they shorten up their season. They're going to be playing regional games, so you don't have to kind of restrict travel a little bit. And they're going to be playing a lot of in-conference games uh, and a lot of in-state games to kind of reduce traveling outside the state of Texas. Gotcha. Well, so we're all going to be keeping an eye on Twitter <laughs> and on Project Spurs Network uh, for updates as that comes out. Um, hopefully the Cardinals can get a season um, because, yeah, I mean, this, this virus has impacted everything. Um, so far and you know this is the half court trap you know texas half court trap podcast so given in the name we are primarily basketball uh i want to look over into the cardinal side and damien if you have any questions here too for steven feel free to pop in um as as far as what he's seeing on the uiw side with the southland conference and how it could impact texas state um and and just the Sun Belt overall but uh, looking at so the Cardinals, they did have you know their football team dealing with COVID. Their basketball team already dealt with COVID early on. They they've gotten back into the flow. They're having games, and they they too now have joined the rest of college basketball in their conference schedule. Um, how is it looking for the UIW Cardinals so far in conference play, Stephen? Well, UIW, uh, their most recent game was a 86-64 loss to New Orleans uh, over the weekend. So that was how that went for them. But overall, UIW's conference schedule as of right now, they did start conference play, you are correct. They're one and one in conference play right now. Their overall record is four and five uh, overall as of this moment. And they're on a two-game losing streak, but conference play for them they have a couple of interesting games uh that were canceled so let me go through that list real quickly for you grambling state university was canceled uh rio grand uh, ut rio grand valley was canceled arizona state university was canceled and rice university was postponed so all those games were postponed for them so obviously we talked about shortening a season of course not intentional of course but that season has been short because a lot of those games were canceled or postponed now they have mcneese state uh stephen f austin lamar Uh, all coming up, Houston Baptist, all coming up in the next couple of games here. And, you know, their history against some of these teams is not very good, but I mean, they have a better shot, I would say, this time around because they looked a a lot stronger than they would. I'll give you an example. Opening night against Rice in San Antonio was a 68-53 loss for UIW, but because of that, in a normal non-COVID year, um, they would probably have been blown away by 40 something points, but this time they hunkered down, 
They stuck with it. They're more competitive than they were a year ago. So that is good. But I'm more concerned as because you, you look at some of these teams, like I said, Stephen F. Austin, Lamar, McNeese, Houston Baptist, Abilene Christian, all these schools that they're going to be facing, and they're facing them twice, because as you know, conference play, you do play your opponent twice. Right. Um, I'm more interested to see how they will do the initial matchup, because as you know, Jonas, in basketball, we see it with the Spurs. I use the Spurs as, as an example, because they are a young team at the moment. Uh mm-hmm. Uh, for those of you guys who are Spurs fans, we saw them play the Lakers that first game. They didn't, they didn't know what to expect when you play the Lakers and defending champs, LeBron James. They came out, kind of got their butt whooped, came back that second night and really stuck it to the Lakers, really gave themselves a chance to win. So with this UIW team, it is a college team, but and you're facing off against a McNeese team and there are a lot of tough guys, maybe better players, but you're more competitive than the other team is. I'm more to see how that initial matchup is for their confidence for that second game, because if they can stay at least 500 for this conference, or at least get maybe a game or two above 500 for this conference, uh, in the conference, they may have a shot. So I'm interested to see how they do moving forward. Nice. And I, I know Damian too can even speak to the, how the Bobcats played their back to back and, and they adjusted mm-hmm. from game one to game two, right? Oh, 100%. Uh, and, it, and we saw it with the, you know, with, with UTSA, they've done it twice, and we'll get into them here down the stretch too, how they put, split their weekend series. Um, so I, before we kind of leave where UIW has performed at, uh, who are some standouts so far? Because you get a lot of attention and a lot of spotlight on Texas State, and you get you know locally, and you get a lot of spotlight definitely here within the two one zero for UTSA yeah. basketball. But for I, I guess you know, maybe passerbys or somebody who's just just uh, and maybe not as familiar with the Cardinals program, who are we really watching this season as a standout for for UIW? Well, you have two two guys here. Uh, they're, and ironically, they're both sophomores. Uh, Marcus, I'm going to mispronounce your name. I'm so sorry. Uh, Marcus Larson and Keiston Willis. Those two guys uh, really are, have been dominant for UIW in their past couple of weeks. Uh, specifically, though, a we talk about uh, how well they played. They won 84-51 over McMurray. Uh, Larson had his sec- second career double-double, had 20 points, 13 rebounds in 24 minutes. Um, Wilson had 19 points, six assists, three steals, and UIW was coming off a back-to-back at that time. They won by 23 points the night before. So, and again, kind of like to reduce travel when you are playing the same team multiple times. And I mean, you have a lot of teams kind of like taking, I guess they taking an overlook at UIW because they are a younger team. They are filled with a lot of sophomores and freshmen, not many seniors on the team at the moment, but um, you have a, a very young core. And I think those two guys right now are standing up for UIW. I think one of them was a um, a, a standout for player of the week uh, honors. He didn't get it, but I mean, it, that's how I think UIW is going to build this is with, with the, these two guys at the helm, even though they had a loss uh, last time, last time out, you had what Willis had uh, 23 points in the loss. You had, Larson had 18 points in the loss. So you can see these two guys are kind of like the leaders of this team right now for the Cardinals. Nice. And, and of course, just kind of finding their uh, flow after missing mm-hmm. some games there in December because of some positive COVID tests, put the program right. into quarantine for two weeks. Um, and then they've gotten to get it rolling. 
Uh, if we can, uh, Damien, let's bring you in here, man. Uh, Texas State, right? So UIW has had games uh, where that they missed, you know, in December, and we're kind of seeing how they're coming out of it. Uh, we had a couple positive COVID tests uh, on the campus of Texas State, and it actually postponed uh, this last weekend, Damien. Yeah, so Texas State canceled their series last weekend against Arkansas State. Uh, due to COVID-19 concerns. Now, the Sun Belt does plan to reschedule these games soon. Uh, it's unfortunate that we're still in the middle of this pandemic, and even more so for the players now that they won't have a home conference game until the 29th of January. Mm. Uh, and even looking um, deeper into it, so they last played on January 2nd, and then they'll play on the 15th of January, right? right. They really they really haven't played much you know, since December 15th. They've only they played in the Denver Classic on the 19th of December and the 21st. Uh, after that, they played two more games, and then we we got our, our um, last weekend canceled, and now we're not playing to the 15th. So in reality, in a month, they've played four games. You know, wow, which is pretty. It's it, with you know all things considered, we'll tackle it later on in the episode. But all things considered, that's kind of one of the worst things that could have happened to this Texas State group, a really young group, a new group, uh, and a group without an identity, really. So, so Damien, you're talking about the impact there as they're kind of pushing pause on their season uh, for, for right now, right? There is a game scheduled for this weekend as of this recording. Yes. Uh, of course. <laughs> right? Uh, we yeah. can, you know, I, looking at the Twitter page, there's nothing there so far to come out as an announcement that they needed to postpone more games. Uh, so... Looking at, that, at where they're at right now, let's assume, given the information we have, that they are able to play this weekend. Where does the team stand right now uh, in the Sun Belt Conference and in terms of obviously interrupted momentum right now? But how are how, how are they coming out uh, of conference play? So right now uh, they're seven and four, and they're one and one in conference play. Um, They've really, so they started the season really, really well. They were three and one. Um, they picked up a couple of big wins. They beat T, uh, Texas A&M, uh, Corpus Christi. Uh, they played UT really, really close until about the seven minute mark in the second half. Uh, then Greg Brown decided to go bonkers from deep. You know, just, they, they yeah. looked really well. You know, they've, they've um, maintained their philosophy of playing through the post uh, despite having a new coach and now Nigel Pearson not there anymore. Uh, so it's been a lot of the same offensive philosophies and um, consistencies, you know, on the defensive end. Um, offensively, they don't score much, and I think that's because they played the post. Uh, but defensively, I believe they're the second, they're the second best uh, defensive team in the Sun Belt according to points per game. So they don't score a whole lot, but they don't give up a lot of points. Uh, they have a 7-4 and four record right now, and um, I think that's a big reason why. You know, they're just a really strong defensive team. Fantastic. Uh, and defense is one of those things you can kind of rely on. It doesn't go away when you take a break. Offense, you might come out a little bit slow, a little bit sloppy, but defense, it's, it's a foundational element to the game. And I'd like to open uh, open up the conversation, open up the microphones here, uh, because as we've got Texas State kind of dealing with, in the middle of dealing with some positive tests, UIW has dealt with some positive tests. Uh, I want to hear from uh, you, if I may first, Stephen, about the uh, the rhythm uh, that UI, uh, obviously UIW's was earlier on this year. They've kind of 
hopefully maybe gotten it out of the way for their season and had their their one little stint with COVID. Um, but they, they they played, I think it was just one or two games, put the season on pause, and then they're coming back. Uh, can you speak on the rhythm that co- or that or the impact that COVID has had on the rhythm for their season? Yeah, you're right. They had a couple of games that they had played for COVID, but they had to put a pause on it because of positive tests and travel restrictions. Like, oh, we all know what we we all know what everyone in this country has been through with COVID right now. So I'm not going to get into all of it, but. Uh, yeah, so I mean, that's the thing, as you know, when you're playing a sport, we kind of saw with the NBA when they had the lockout, uh, or not lockout, but they kind of shut things down last year, or this last year, and, um, you know, uh, it, like I said, the years are blurring together now, but uh, oh, yeah. yeah, so we saw how things kind of shut down, and everyone was forced to sit at home, eventually they went to the bubble, and we saw how bad those first couple of games were, <laughs> we know how bad those first couple of games were in the bubble, and guys had to get used to playing again, so yeah, it's kind of the same thing with college, these college guys, they're going to want to just kind of settle down, you know, oh, we don't have to practice, they're kind of let, kind of let, take some time off, then you kind of get to get reacclimated back into that practice, that basketball mindset, it takes a little bit of time to get refocused, I and mean, that's why I think some of their losses were a little bit lopsided, they didn't come out in the best form, they shot one game their first game back from uh you know the mini break if you want to call it they had they shot 22 percent in the first quarter which is not very good obviously uh they ended up losing the game by 15 so i mean the second night out they they had their legs a little bit better under them but they still came out with the loss so i mean it's just a matter of finding that rhythm and you don't want to disrupt that rhythm and so now i think that they're getting back. Obviously, you had that little middle stretch in December where those games were postponed or canceled. They kind of also disrupt their rhythm again. But now if we can just keep a schedule for the rest of the season, let these guys play at, play in the form they want to play in, which is either the, whatever the schedule is, and see how the rest of the season goes. Because once you're on that schedule, you're on that rhythm, it's, it's a little bit easier for, for the guys and I'm sure for, for the coaches as well. Right. Uh, Damien, I guess same question for you. Obviously, we kind of already talked about it with how it's interrupted so far. Um, We don't know if they're going to have to enter any kind of quarantine phase as a team, either with positive tests around the organization for Texas State basketball. If this were to happen two weeks ago, does this impact the rhythm as much? And and if you get a positive test here in three weeks instead of right now, does how like is there a good time to have a COVID uh, a positive COVID test this season, Damian? I, I think I think no. Um, I don't want anyone to no COVID. You don't know. Obviously, we don't want anyone here to have it or anything. But right. this season specifically, no way. Um, considering. You know, they had the entire, you know, Caspar situation. They have a brand new coach uh, who's really trying to implement his own system, his own uh, schemes and philosophies. Uh, Nigel Pearson, their all-time leading scorer, is gone. Uh, this this group couldn't, can't, they, I don't know if they can recover from that. Uh, there's just so many moving pieces. Uh, this team is really, really based on everyone chipping in. Uh, the leading scorers on this team have 13, have 13 points per game, and then it goes to 12. And then it's like 10, eight, seven. So everyone chips in. And I don't think, I think this group actually needs reps. They need more time. They need to catch that rhythm. Um, and a, co- a positive COVID test or, and just in general, the, the way the scheduling has been, the way that COVID's impacted this year, it's really, really hurt this team. Um, and I don't think this is, this, this year specifically, I don't think they can, they can bounce back from that. There's just too many, too many pieces that have went and gone. 
too much stuff that's went on um, on the floor and off the floor for this team to really gel. They need as many games as they can possibly get. Uh, Damien, I'd like to stick with you here uh, kind of around this so much on the back end for the program, like you're, like you're alluding to already that they're, they've, they've, they're trying to establish this year. And it's, it's a little bit, you know, I think that UTSA listeners, you know, fans of UTSA that are listening can kind of relate a little bit with the coaching change situation, of course, different reasons for the coaching change, Uh, but that uh, UTSA had to go through this last year with coach trailer on the football side. And obviously, you know, you you, there, they went on to have a pretty good season finishing seven and five, but uh, really hot there and qualifying for the bowl, a bowl game. And just, this is just the second time in program history, but because this is, this is, I guess uh, maybe you have the most biased view on this subject uh, by Texas State missing some conference games right now. Yeah, uh, it could impact the conference standings later on this season. With your, let's keep your sports writer hat on in terms of coverage and say, do you want exceptions to be made? Uh, when you get into the conference play, do you want it to be a, a win percentage like they like um, you know Conference USA did in terms of football, and I think even the Sun Belt did it in terms of football, which is why you had uh, you know and, and actually so the Sun Belt Conference didn't even get to have a football champion because that game got postponed. But do you want it based on win percentage, or do you think you know can the conferences even try to make up these games this season? Yeah, so I think I think making up these games are going to be pretty tough. Um, as as long as COVID is here and not everyone's vaccinated, I mean, it's going to be really tough. Uh, and in terms of you know the win percentage, personally, just me, you know, off just being honest, keeping it a stack as I like to stay, um, 100% they should go off win percentage. I think that's the best thing going forward uh, in this situation because that will deter- win percentage determines you know who's obviously who's winning the games, who's the better team, uh, who's the best teams. And right now, Texas State's seven and four, they're second in the West division, uh, but they only have the fifth best, you know, record overall in their conference in both division out of both divisions. So, I mean, I think that would be fair. Um, and not, not just because, you know, I cover Texas State and I go to the school, but just in general, right. you know, I think that would be uh, reasonable. And I think, you know, others believe that as well. So win percentage. So even if Texas State goes on to miss a couple of games, uh, four, uh, five games, win percentage is still that way to just kind of stick with because you got to win the games you play at the end of the day. Yeah, one hundred. Got it. Yeah, one hundred percent. Awesome, uh, Stephen. Do you have any uh, thoughts on um, how conferences handle? continued postponements cancellations if they're not able to reschedule how do you go into a postseason that doesn't have an asterisk on it if you will to where uh you know kind of like you know we mentioned already before the national championship games tonight for football and a lot of people think that ohio state shouldn't even be there because they didn't play enough games so what what is your opinion on uh conference uh, conference schedules and win percentage schedule, uh, try to squeeze them in. You don't play the games. You can't qualify. Yeah. I mean, I, I would agree. I mean, I, I'm, I'm a part of that Ohio state shouldn't be there person. I'm one of those guys. So I definitely agree with that. Um, but the thing is this, I mean, um, 
I've always said, and this is even before COVID, this is, I, I've always said the conference play should, if, if that is going to be the determining factor uh, for guys to, or to either get into a national championship game, like we're seeing, um, you know, with Ohio State or UIW or Texas State or whatever the situation is, they should just play all conference games the whole season. Maybe one or two out-of-conference mm-hmm. games, play all conference games the whole season. Whoever has the best record in conference or the second best or the top three or whatever goes into the postseason. And I mean, that's what I think it's always should have been like that because I mean, it's all, and then you're combining postseason, or excuse me, you're, you're combining uh, conference play with overall record. And I mean, that also plays a, a part in it as well. I mean, I've always said, you know, conference play should be the, the determining record. So I would just said, you know what, if UIW has, let's say they're seven and oh in conference play, great. Okay, they're the number one seed in, in, of the conference, or let's say they're six and four or whatever. I mean, that, that's what I'm saying. It's like, that's what I think is the ter- determining factor behind this. Kind of like I see with the NFL, where there is no conference, it's just one season, whoever has the best record in case you're Browns. Congratulations to your Browns, by the way. I, I think I heard you screaming from across San Antonio <laughs> yesterday. So uh, <laughs> congrats for that. But um, yeah, so I mean, that's what I'm saying. It's like you have a lot of just a lot of little bitty factors in it. And I mean, that's one area I just don't like because it's not fair, especially as we see with Ohio State where they didn't play enough games, but yet they're in a national championship versus a team that actually did play their certain number of games and didn't get in. So, I mean, we, right. and again, I, I can sit here and talk to you guys about this whole college football playoff thing till tomorrow, but I mean, it's just a whole lot of things that need to be fixing with this whole system across the board. Right. And, and so as we're into the, the basketball side of things, do you think that uh, UIW um, or if, if it, let's say that they're contending for a, a conference, uh, a Southland conference championship on the basketball side, and you've got another program, let's say Lamar hasn't played enough games in conference and it comes down to win percentage. Uh, do you think that it's, it's, it's a win percent and on the basketball side of things? Uh, do you think you just kind of, does you agree to with that where you, where you stood with football? Yeah. I mean, of course, I mean, because if, it's, if you're going by win percentage and one team didn't play enough games, and UIW did, and regardless of win or loss, you should go with the team that had the better record. And I mean, if the if even if you had, like I say, it's Lamar University, and Lamar played eight games, and UIW played ten, and UIW has a six and five record, or sorry, a, a, my math is off. Yeah, they have a five and five record, and they need to be uh-huh. six and five to get into the, in conference, and they win that game, but. You know, Lamar gets in. I mean, that, that wouldn't really be fair. I, I don't think. I think it's the team that has the better overall record in conference, a better win percentage. I mean, that's what I think it should be. Not just because oh, some team you know had a better conference record, but overall record they weren't very good. So I mean, I think I have always said in in college football, in college basketball, in college sports, period, get rid of the overall record and just look at the conference record. That's what I, I've always said. But what if we're, so as we're in the conference portion of our schedule and everything yeah. is from here out conference, if, right. if, if you play more games and, and Damien, feel free to pop in here too. If, if you play more games, you had more opportunities to lose. Uh, sure. you know, if you only, if you only take, I mean, yeah, it's a little bit harder if you're only given yeah. four, like let's, let's turn it into like a free throw thing, right? If you're only yeah. given four opportunities to hit a free throw and 
you hit, you shoot 75%, you know, you did pretty good, but you only had to make four. And so you, you made three, but if you, if I then ask you to, to make them out of eight and you, you still hit four or hit three rather, you know, yeah. your, the percentage goes down, even though you equal. So this question, and I, I just have a feeling I, the fans are going to have this pop up again, just like it did in football for basketball. Yeah. And this impacts the seeding for the brackets and for conference championships. Yeah. Um, Damien, what, what do you think, man? I still, I still believe still there. Yeah. 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 yeah I, I'm still there. And now I understand what you mean. Um, because yeah, I mean, you know, you go three or four, or what, what was it like, or six of eight or four, four, you know what I mean? Like it, right. I, I understand that, but in the same, in the same breath, if you need to take other factors, uh, that's where you can kind of take like the conference sketch, like the conference records and stuff like that. But I'm still, I still believe win percentage overall record is most important. Uh, and I agree with the, uh, with uh, Steven too. Yeah. We should definitely no more, no more college football playoff. None of that. We need to talk about that step off the air or something like that. <laughs> that's a, that's a conversation I've had plenty of times, but um, no, hundred percent. I'm still, I'm still kind of a, I'm sticking my, my boots in the mud here and I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm, I'm, I'm on this, this one. I'm on this side. Gotcha. Uh, if I can give you guys one more hypothetical question, this is a, a lot of forecasting here because, uh, but, but we've got two programs being represented on this show who have ha been impacted by COVID-19 already in this young basketball season. Let's like, is there a situation that you guys could see where, a the conference decide your the you know the, your respective conferences be your commissioner of your of your respective conferences for a second, where you have to consider a bubble if enough schools start to have these issues, of it spreading. Is there an opportunity at all? Already schools are doing the back to backs, uh, in conference play to try to make sure that they happen. You're minimizing on travel. You're minimizing on contact points and tracing points. All that kind of stuff. If, is there a, a point where we could just sit, see these the conference decide, you know, the risk is still too high. We just want to make sure we finish our season. We're going to bubble up. Uh, let's go, Damien. You first, please. Oh, hundred percent. Yeah, I'm. I uh, I understand. I know for the NBA, the bubble is really tough on the players. Um, you know, with their families and everything like that. And I know in in college, this is going to you know the same thing. You know, college kids would like to go out do whatever. Um, but for conference play, for conference reasons, uh, even for their, our, the Sunbelt tournament, anything like that. Yeah. I would definitely consider bubbling a million percent. Um, I, th I think to get through the season, I wouldn't, uh, but once you, you know, we have to buckle down and play these conference games and potentially a tournament, uh, a hundred percent, I would, I'm, I would, uh, bring a bubble scenario into this for sure. Gotcha. Uh, Steven bubble. Oh Yeah. Definitely. Uh, I like the bubble play that happened in the NBA. Um, it was cool to see that. I would love to see a bubble scenario in college as well, in college uh, basketball as well, because it'd be, it'd be kind of cool to see how that would go. Um, not cool in the way you're thinking, but I mean, cool to see, you know, there's no risk of infection. The NBA did a fantastic job 
with their bubble. And I'm pretty sure the NFL, if they would have done that or Major League Baseball, they also did a great job when they had their, their bubble situation as well. We saw how that worked out. So I think it'd be kind of cool to see the a bubble scenario in college football, or excuse me, college basketball. Uh, we're seeing the entire NCAA tournament being played. I believe it's Indianapolis. I could be wrong, but I think it is. So um, the entire, they're going to be bubbled up in there. So I would like to see kind of like a situation similar to that to um, see how things go. Uh, one last note, Jonas, is uh, we saw that in with San Antonio FC uh, over the over the uh, summer slash fall. Oh, uh, yeah, and spring, all of it. Spring, all together. <laughs> yeah, where they only played regional games. So they played Austin twice. They played Rio Grande Valley twice. They played all the Texas teams twice and one out of state, which was New Mexico. But they played all their games in state. And of course, that's that's not really a good sample size. How you match up against the rest of the league, as we saw in the playoffs. But I mean, um, that's their, they had a good bubble situation as well. So I mean, I think I would like to see that in moving forward. Yeah. Gotcha. Well, there's there's one one point here when we talk about bubbles, guys, that uh, is different from all other scenarios that we've had to what we currently have. Is you're talking about professionals versus student athletes. These kids are still in classes. They're not getting paid to go and perform and, and live you know, in a hotel and stuff like that. You've got the NBA already reported that they didn't want to do a bubble anyway because of how many millions of dollars it costs them uh, to enact that. And it's one thing for something that brings in as much money as March Madness to be able to find a bubble, set it up in, Indi in, in Indianapolis and where, where it's kind of, it's a Midwest you know, uh, location. So everybody can kind of come in and it's a major city. So you can put people, you know, put students up in hotels and stuff. Uh, Steven, staying with you uh, and, and speaking from the Sunbelt Conference, hypothetical people, he's not representing the Sunbelt Conference here. But but in, in our little in our little bubble, you are. Um, how do you enact it? Uh, because you know we're, they're already attempting to minimize travel by doing the back to backs, by planning out the schedules and spacing them out. How do you make a bubble happen for the Southland Conference? Yeah, so basically the Southland Conference, I would say uh, kind of like what what happened with uh, San Antonio FC, kind of how it happened with, you know, the NBA, kind of make it a regional thing. We're seeing now with the NBA right now, which is they're doing the series where you, the Spurs played the Lakers twice. They, they played Minnesota over the weekend twice to reduce travel. And I think that's what maybe we, we need to see a little bit now of – with, with the Southland Conference, which is maybe play, you're going to play the same team twice anyway. So maybe play McNeese in San Antonio. Then they both, they, they travel to McNeese to play the second game the next night or the next, or, or the next, or uh, every other night. Maybe do it like that to where you're reducing the team that you're uh, playing. Yeah, you have to play them twice, but you are also putting it in a situation to where you are reducing the travel and reducing the contact you have with other people. I mean, let's be honest, guys. It's something nobody wants to do. You'd rather just be free and play the games that you normally play, this play the schedule you're normally used to, but we're in the times right now where you can't do that at the moment. So uh, that's my suggestion right. is if you're going to do that, kind of do a series to where you play that team and you're going to have to play them twice anyway in conference, might as well get those two games out of the way back to back. Right. Uh, Damien, coming over to you, because this is actually how the 
um, Sunbelt Conference and even Conference UTSA are operating right now. Yep. And we still have positive testings within the, you know, within the basketball team for Texas State. Uh, do, do you bubble? You know, go ahead and put on your Sunbelt Conference commissioner hat. Um, where are you, where is the location that you're doing? How are you pulling this off? And also how are you managing the student element expecting, you know, student expectation element yeah. of, of the player's responsibilities? Yeah. So I agree with Steven hundred percent, you know, and this, the same thing, keep it regional, um, kind of what the, what the symbol is doing. I'm looking at the Texas state schedule right now. Um, they play Little Rock, then they play uh, ULM, then ULL, and then Little Rock again. So it's kind of all in the same um, area. They're doing it basically just like that. Um, right. But I would bubble up for sure. I'd probably do it. Um, I would do it in Texas, and then I would do it in a in, I would do it in. I'd have to do it in a major city, but I just don't know right now off the top of my head. I know Stephen; he does the the political stuff, so he's a lot more in tune with where Corona is really hot right now. I'd go to the, the biggest city that has that is not hot basically so, so not can, houston yeah not <laughs> lamar houston. is not hosting this not houston <laughs> but yeah exactly that's what i would do and the only reason why the big city is because we have the we have the hotels uh we have the food we have everything we need uh, you know we have enough we have enough assets basically to house you know all these student athletes and then as far as the you know the, we're talking about the athletes let's talk about the student part right um uh, Right now, we're all I, I'm I'm enrolled full time at Texas State, so I can I can attest to this on a personal level. So I have three of my classes that are online. We're a lot we're majority online right now. I know not many professors in my um, major, at least they don't want to they don't want to resume uh, in in class in physical classes. Uh, they want to do online, you know, due to COVID. So I would still you know you could still do that and keep that up. I would make sure, you know, everyone's online doing what they have to do, but as the GPA, I, I don't know what the GPA is to like keep them in good academic standing to play. Uh, but whatever it is, I would make it just the bare minimum uh, in this situation because they don't have the opportunities that someone like me has where I can work part-time, you know, I can go out and about, um, you know, they're not going to have that. They're going to be locked down in a bubble in one area. Um, and so I think the I think the teachers and the and the deans and all that they need to cut they need to cut the athletes some slack in terms of the grades, but in that same mm. breath, um, I think the athletes you know they're gonna have to you know, I'm, it's it's gonna stink, but they're gonna have to be in that bubble as well. So, um, it, it it'll be a lot of moving parts. Uh, everyone's gonna have to buy in, but I believe they can do it and they can be successful because these players want to play. I know last year, um, whenever I interviewed Nigel Pearson and then coming into the season, I did the Texas State preview. Uh, they were devastated when, uh, you know, their season was cut short. They really right. felt like they were going to make a move and, and they were going to do big things in the tournament. Um, but, yeah, they were they were devastated. They want to play. So I think they would make sacrifices to play. Interesting. Because uh, I know that's a, a constant point of contention is we have to remember these these athletes are still student athletes at the end of the day um, and they have responsibilities both on and off the court one of the things guys is going to be really interesting as we come out of this crazy year crazy setup everything like that is going to be the introduction of the super senior uh, which is uh, been approved by the NCAA in terms of giving guys another year of college eligibility 
uh, where they can come back next year. You know, of course, you still have to be a student, but, but having the opportunity to play another year to either boost their draft stock or, you know, um, just, just really compete because they got robbed of that full opportunity this year. Speaking from the UTSA side of things, and I, I'm with you guys, I would like to see Conference USA find a way to bubble at least for the at least for the conference tournament. It's a short, brief time, and I, I think that you almost have to um, you quarantine everybody separately two weeks beforehand and just have them do online classes, which they're already doing right now. It's nothing too far outside the norm, but the, I think that in terms of finding sponsorship or, or booster dollars to pay for putting these programs and the students up and then finding a hosting location, I think that Jerry World would love to host, you know, conference tournaments because it's just more and more exposure. I personally, San Antonio, I'd like to see it here in the Alamo Dome, if you could. It's been a little, you know, or even the AT&T Center. I know they don't want to probably go that route because the NBA wants to keep that location as clean as possible um, when it's not being used for NBA play. But the super senior talk. Uh, UTSA is a little bit interesting because you've got two guys who are going to, who are in their senior year. We talked about uh, UIW earlier. You got young guys, uh, Texas state, young guys, it's an up and coming groups and uh, Javon Jackson and Keaton Wallace, who are finally starting to come on, come on in their season. I really hope that they don't experience some kind of an outbreak at UTSA because they're just getting some momentum, but they could be back on the super senior uh, do you guys think like uh, I, I? This is kind of just a broad question, but uh, your thoughts on that in terms of the recruiting elements, the opportunities for players moving forward next year. You know, freshmen who are who are counting on seniors to move on so they can get more minutes on the court. Uh, yeah, Damien, let's come back to you. So the super senior is interesting. Um, not to to switch sports, but to stay, you know, with the Texas State route. Um, I interviewed Jeremiah Haydell, who declared for the NFL draft. He's a senior. Mm-hmm. He was he didn't come into this year um, thinking like, oh, I you know, I have another year. No, he just balled out, right? Right. And um, I think right now what you're gonna see is you're gonna see a lot of of one way or the other. Either guys are just gonna go super hard and they don't want to take that extra year of eligibility, or you're gonna kind of see people you know not press as much just kind of go with the flow of things and bank on having you know that extra year um i personally love the idea i love you know i love it for the athletes um i love it just because you know it gives them another opportunity and uh that's that's awesome for them especially because they didn't get the full experience uh it's a senior year you know that's 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 the most it's it's your biggest year you know it's your last year in college um but yeah personally for me yeah the the super senior stuff is, is, it's awesome. It's, it's great that the NCAA did this and uh, yeah, I'm all for it. Steven, the Cardinals, uh, do, are they uh, looking at any players that have to kind of make that decision uh, basketball wise, you know, they, they've had their season interrupted. They might not get the, get on a role that they might want to. Uh, we're not talking about, you know, these are Duke programs or Kentucky programs where you're talking about draft stock, but, opportunities to build tape to send overseas to send to g league programs and try to latch onto a team um uiw side of things super seniors what is it is there anything on the horizon for them 
As of right now, I honestly don't know because that's where you have, as you say, you're, this is the moment where you know if you're a senior, you're, this is your last season. You're getting ready to graduate. Uh, you're getting your degree. This is also the time where you build your your reel to kind of send over to an, either an agent or you know a, a, a scout or something. And big question: I have, Are there enough games? at least this season to get that done because everybody wants, you know, Jonas, as well as I do right. that, you know, they want to have stuff from your senior season, your sophomores to see your improvement, to see how you've grown as a player, uh, whether it's a leadership role or uh, as a, a, on the court performance, whatever. And I'm, I feel for the seniors uh, who one who are going to be graduating virtual because I had to do the exact same thing in December. So I feel right. for that, but um sucks by the way in case you guys are wondering but i mean uh, the, the thing is is um you know that's why i'm wondering i feel for the seniors because you, you want to have that that tape you want to okay this is my what i've done these four years at this school on the basketball court uh, this is how i grow as a player you can showcase that in different ways but it's that tape that's really going to be seen by scouts not your words and i'm just wondering like is there what is the future for them and honestly i don't have an answer for you right now gotcha no worries uh so I think that you make a great point there, though. And when we talk about tape as well, uh, due to what's going on and no attendance at games, a lot of these games are being streamed elsewhere. ESPN Plus has picked up a lot of them. Uh, every UTSA you know, conference road game so far has been available on ESPN Plus, uh, at least here regionally. Uh, so, so there's an there's other opportunities. So, the, in terms of the balling out, like you were mentioning, Damian, and like some guys are, are are seizing that opportunity, balling out while they're on TV because the eyes are there already. Yeah, and and I think I think um, I think they should have implemented this last year. To be honest, maybe that mm -hmm. might be a hot take uh, to some, but I think they should have implemented the super senior stuff last year as well, uh, the extra year of eligibility because. Um, a guy like Nigel Pearson, um, who I had an opportunity to talk with, and, uh, you know, he set the Texas State record uh, for most, like the highest, he's the most points scored ever. He's the leader. Um, you know, he went overseas to France, but his year got cut short. And I think this year, playing a team like UT, which that was the ESPN game, you know, Texas, uh, Texas State doesn't get that often, right. if ever. Um, that would have been a great opportunity for him. Uh, I wish they would have implemented it just a year, you know, just a little early, but as far as Texas State, too, I don't know of, of, of any, you know, senior candidates that might take that extra year just because they're be a lot of their players, um, some of their most important players are juniors right now uh, and sophomores. There's one a freshman, Nate Martin. So we don't I don't believe there's, you know, many candidates for that. Gotcha. I, and, and yeah, it, it really sucks for those guys and those students um, that had their season cut short last year didn't get to play for a conference championship, didn't get to try and go and make a tournament appearance, um, but had to make that decision nonetheless as to what to move on and do. Uh, so guys, just to wrap up here, uh, UTSA really quick, you know, they, they won the other day with North Texas. This is one of those responding points that you guys had mentioned earlier and the back-to-backs, that learning opportunity. We, we talked about it with the Spurs, you know, in, in terms of that as well. Uh, they finally win uh, a conference game. <laughs> it took them until Saturday. They are now one and three in the conference, ending a three-game uh, uh, losing streak. 
Uh, Javon Jackson, Keaton Wallace really starting to heat up. We've known them as the dynamic duo. It looks like the, the, that Batman and Robin have found their outfit or Batgirl. I don't want to insult Jacob Germany and call him Batgirl on this team. Um, but he's really starting to come along in his sophomore season. So it looks like they've got a good big three. But they go back on the road where they've struggled. Um, they've had a hard time uh, so far, especially in conference play, dropping the two to Rice. And uh, now they go on the road this week to Louisiana Tech. Uh, again, back-to-back, Friday, Saturday. It's going to be on ESPN+. Plus. Damien, coming back to you, because we're, we're a little bit up in the air as to what is next for Texas State and the Bobcats. Mon- recording this on Monday. Looks like we're going. Uh, remind everybody again, please, who – We've got um, uh, the, the Bobcats playing this weekend. So on the 15th, uh, the 15th and 16th, they're playing the, the Little Rock Trojans. Uh, that's going to be a big, big game because Little Rock is in first place of their division. Um, Ooh, yeah. I, I want to I highlight those two days and February 5th and 6th because that's when they play them again. Um, very, like I said, very, very big because those they're, you know, they're in first place of the, of the West Division. Uh, and Texas State has a little bit of ground to cover. They're seven and four, fifth best record in the conference. They're one and one in conference play. So these are going to be some pretty big games, 100%. Awesome. Uh, Steven, UIW, we're back on the court. You know, so we're hoping, fingers crossed, everybody, Texas State gets to play this weekend. Uh, UIW, back on the court, though. Um, they resume conference play. They play a little bit different schedule than the group of five you know, uh, conferences. What's going on with the Southland and the Cardinals for this week? Well, this week UIW has, well, honestly, just two games. Um, but I'm going to give you fo- the next three just to pan out. So they play McNeese on Wednesday uh, in San Antonio. They play uh, Stephen F. Austin on Saturday at 6.30. And then next Wednesday, they played Lamar University. So those are the next three games for UIW. Uh, they're all kind of panned out. If you notice, there's a Wednesday, Saturday schedule. These, uh, that, that's how these games are being played these next two, these next two weeks because uh, Wednesday, Saturday, and then Wednesday, Saturday again. So it's, a, it's an interesting little, little schedule there. Everybody has to find their time. Aaron and I talked last week about how um, the Sun Belt has officially moved all of their games up to four o'clock as opposed to trying to go into prime time. And we, we think that it's because of streaming uh, availability and yeah. trying to get more eyes on games. And, uh, you know, one last time, UTSA will be on the road against Louisiana Tech. Uh, just like the Bobcats, they are trying to, you know, make up some ground in conference, Louisiana Tech. Nine and four in the season, two and two in conference overall right now against the one and three in conference roadrunners. All right, y'all. Uh, thanks so much for joining me here today on the Texas Half Court Trap podcast. Uh, this is your time to take it for a second. Uh, let the listeners know where they can follow you individually, uh, any, wherever your work is at, if, uh, Twitter, if you do Instagram, or if somehow you are doing updates on TikTok, that would be interesting. Uh, and the website to find your articles. Uh, we'll come back around to you, Damien. All right. So my name is Damien Bartonic. Uh, thank you for having me on. This was awesome. Uh, you can find my Texas State sports coverage uh, at the University Star. 
You can follow me on Twitter at D.A. Bartonic. That's at D-A-B-A-R-T-O-N-E-K. Put it in slow-mo if you need to remember. You know what I mean? And, uh, yeah, thank you all very, very much. I really appreciate the opportunity. This was so much fun, and I hope to be back someday. And, Damien, uh, really quick for the listeners, do you cover anything else that they might be interested in? Oh, yeah. So I also cover the Spurs for Air Alamo, uh, and I cover uh, the Washington football team, the good old football team uh, for Riggo's Rag. It's inspired from John Riggins. So, yeah, I cover them. And I have my own sports podcast as well, the Notorious Sports Podcast, hosted by 104.9 The Horn in Austin, Texas. Awesome, y'all. Be sure to check out Damien and his work. And Steven, you're up. All right. I just realized Damien covers a team with no name. But I mean, so how to get that joke in there? Had to. So, I mean, uh, you guys can follow me on Twitter for any Spurs or San Antonio FC coverage. Or if you're into TV news from the UK, Australia, US, and Canada, you guys can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at the Stephen A on Twitter and Instagram. If you're interested in politics and uh, Joe Biden's inauguration and all that fun stuff. You guys can follow me on Twitter at Stephen Reports. I'll have uh, it, politics from both sides, whether it's no matter what side it is, it will be covered by me. So in addition to Spurs and soccer and and all the fun TV news, you guys can follow me for political coverage as well. And I look forward to welcoming new followers. Awesome. And of course, we're keeping an eye on both of you guys' Twitter handles for updates. Uh, Steven on the Cardinal football side of things, seeing how that plays out, and Damien to make sure that uh, Texas State does get to play this weekend and and how that impacts further on. Guys, it's been awesome to have you guys on here today. Of course, my name is Jonas Clark. You can follow me at Clonus on Twitter. Um, and like Steven, you can find my work over at ProjectSpursNetwork.com. Uh, you know, your, your halftime and halftime write-ups on the on the basketball games as well as the uh, full game recaps a handful of our other things going on over there too be sure to follow at project spurs on twitter and check everything out uh including this podcast on projectspursnetwork.com uh for damien and steven and aaron who's off on assignment <laughs> i'm jonas and this has been the texas half court cap podcast Thanks, y'all.